Porto slices one well the other way. Big hit. That ties the game. Alonso in. Behind his digging for third. It's kicked by Alberto. Here comes Fires. Trying to score. He scores. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 10th episode. 10 already of the Shea Station podcast brought to you by John Boy Media, the newest Mets podcast on the block. I'm one of your co-hosts. You might know me as Jack. You might know me as Jolly. You might not know me at all. So if we're meeting for the first time, it's nice to meet you. Joining me today and always is former big league pitcher, the goofy man himself, Jerry Blevins, and a couple other guests today that you might know of. Jerry, who's joining us today? Uh, we have the the lovely bosses of John Boy. We got Jake and John Boy himself, the Talking Yanks crossover podcast. We got the Subway Series coming, super exciting, always always like really fun from a player's perspective. And to be on the other side of it, I'm really excited. Our our bosses and are in town. They're representing the the Talking Yanks and and the crossover. And you and I are Shea Station, so I'm of super course. excited to get started. Absolutely, and both teams are steaming hot, right, boys? <laughs> Look good. Yanks have lost nine out of the last 10 or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, they're just waiting, waiting and itching to play the Mets. They had to get one. They had to get one more losing cycle out. They, you know, they get hot for a little bit. They lose. So, you know, that first week of September, that's kind of on us. We overlooked that. It's good. uh, Good schedule management (laughs) to get another handful of losses just out of the way and bring the blue Jays back in the playoff race. But um, I'm excited to see what's going on in Mets land. You know, we do, we do talk in baseball and you know, when we bring up the other teams, we you kind of have to talk in generalities, but you miss, you know, in a series a player can become your hottest player. You can be your least reliable guy, but you know, you look at the stats and you still see, Oh, 330 homers. And you're like, yeah, they're, they're having a great year. Right. And it's like, no dude, <laughs> that guy's having a bad time right now. So interested to hear what you boys have and chop it up. Yeah. I mean, both of our pods kind of fell apart on schedule pod notions, you know, like we were both kind of cocky going in the Mets went four and four against the Marlins and Nats and no ground made up there. Really. They just kind of stayed afloat and some guys are heating up too. like the numbers are turning up, but yeah, the exact thing you said. Yeah. You just, you lose a series to the Marlins and it doesn't feel good, especially when it's crunch time. We're both, both teams are behind the eight ball and they're both just kind of letting it go. So it's (laughs) one of us is going to come out on top. Uh, whether it's in Queens or the Bronx, uh, but it, it'll be fun and entertaining either way. I promise you that. This series is going to be decided on Sunday in the ninth or tenth inning, <laughs> and decided by a wild pitch walk off. And if you're not prepared, wow, bold call. Jeez. You're not prepared for that because that's how both teams walk away losers. If you're not prepared <laughs> for that, just get prepared. Like no one's going to walk away satisfied from these three games. Okay, it's so just, no one's gonna you walk time. away just bloodied and yeah. gross. Like well, over, yeah, walk of shame. Yeah, where we got we got the series win. But the winning team won't be happy, but they won't be as sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Well, you said yeah, walk off. That means Mets win, so I'm cool with that, man. Damn. Oh, Same dude, thing. I don't. I didn't want to blind you coming in. So we had a really passionate, a lot of emotions, a lot of other influences last night on talking yanks. I uh, totally forgot we're playing NL ball, so like we're not gonna see half of our good players because they'll start them on the bench and be like, that's a strategy. But that's sorry. Sorry to get it heavy into the <laughs> best, best pinch hitters in the league, man. Best pinch oh, hitters God. The, well, the analytics, they just can beat the game, which they've proven over the last. Nope. Oh, wait, they haven't. Anyway, 
You guys want to ask questions? We ask a question. Yeah, the format of today's episode, guys, is going to be uh, me and Jared bringing five questions for the Talking Yanks lads. Talking Yanks lads are going to bring five questions for us. We're going to go back and forth. It's going to be a good old time. Pretty straightforward. Looking forward to it. So you guys want to start us off or now? Yeah, we'll start off. We have uh, we're we wrote a prepared. list. We wrote down a list. We, I have a list. Oh, we got a we got a list too. We got a surplus okay. as well. Just saying. Oh, well, we don't have that. Okay. <laughs> we're, just, we're just confident in our. It was, a, make it was up, competition. We can make up six to ten <laughs> like that. Like um, where are you going first? I don't know. Bill Hader texted me. So whoa! Wow! wow big guy. Establish your dominance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. I actually uh, am jealous of that the Blue one. Jays, because of the Blue Jays, are you guys in the postseason wild card? Or are you out now? So, you know, thanks, Bill. <laughs> okay, catching up. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should send him a link to Google.com. <laughs> no, I like <laughs> my favorite talk baseball buddy. Nice. Ask That's a question. Uh, what hitter do you guys want up in a big spot right now? That maybe if it is an obvious answer, that's fine. But maybe like, you know, one that Yankees fans wouldn't know. I think uh, so. I guess I'm going to exclude Alonzo if he is the answer, because that's the generality. Yankees fans would be like, oh, Alonzo's right. up. He's scary. So who's maybe a, a, a second tier hitter that, you know, we should be more scared when he comes up than we would be usually. I don't know if do me and Jerry have the same answer here. Jerry, I want to let you go first. If you're if I, I, I'm not going to he's definitely not second tier, but I'm saying Lindor okay. because of how his season has gone through injury underperformance. Um, I think this would be a moment in a big game for him to come through would just raise spirits, raise the, the, the level of his entire season. And for Mets fans to see him destroy a Yankees team in a big moment would kind of erase a lot of, a lot of the scars of the past year. So um, Lindor is definitely not second tier, so that doesn't really fit the criteria. But uh, I'll, I'll, I, that's that's fine. Um, I'll allow it. Is he on a power surge right now, or is it just hitting every single which way? I think he's he's just starting to play like himself. He's actually starting to look comfortable. He's he's he looks better in a, in a Mets uniform at the plate. Doesn't look like he's pressing. He just he, I think he's finally settling in. Yeah, he's barreling the ball a lot more with like a lot more consistency now too. He just looks more confident in general. I think, I think he needed that little stretch there, but for me, I think mine's a little different. I think, well, my answer normally would be Nimmo, but Nimmo's injured right now. I always feel best when Brendan Nimmo's at the plate. Cause I just feel like he's always going to get on base. I think for a clutch hit specifically, not even like sixth inning or anything like that, like ninth inning clutch hit, I would go Michael Conforto. I think just cause he's had a couple over the past couple of weeks between you know, the Marlins home run where we swept or uh, some of the series in uh, Washington, he had some late hits there. So like, you know, you're always at a risk for a strikeout with Javi. And that's sort of why I veered away from that, even though he's hot right now, because you don't want to strike out in a big spot like that. So I, w- I would go Conforto there, but this, the problem is there's no fantastic answer outside of Alonzo really right now, because the offense is kind of back to slumping again. But Alonzo is still a guy that you guys trust right now. Like he's in a good good way he has like yeah. homers in the last like four games right or something he's like that. probably the only one we've trusted all year i'd say consistently yeah, he's he pretty much he's been hitting line drives everywhere he didn't hit as many home runs he hit like three lasers off the wall in washington yeah i think he he leads the team in triples too the ball just Which bounces crazy. everywhere it's funny to see a polar bear run you know that far around the bases and still be be able to breathe at the end his, his body is a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, we've been tracking that a little bit. Uh, producer BBD has been crushing the Homer draft for us. And a lot of 
a lot of polar Pete fist pumps, but then you mentioned the off the wall stuff and that kind of kept us in check. A yeah. little. Well, um, he is a Met. But that's, that's cool. Like, I guess I'm happy for you guys. Cause I know, you know, when I think Conforto, I don't want to say lost season, but heading into free agency, I mean, you know, he, if he had another big year, he could have been lining up the bag bag this year. And it's a good Frank, spot for the Mets though. Honestly, yeah. it sets it up for a QO maybe like maybe he would take that. Cause I don't know if you want to go for a max deal after a season like this. Yeah. That's interesting. Haven't thought about uh, that. Well, glad they're saving their seat. I could see him. I could see Conforto doing something like Simeon did. Toronto giving him, you know, a, a short gig and then him showing like everybody how good he really is. Right. And hitting the free agent market again and, and doing some some great things. That guy can play some ball. What's the term for and, those contracts? Pillow contract? Uh, yeah. 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 Just like a gap year. Just a bet on yourself kind of moment. I love those. Mm. When they go right. Yeah, when they go right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Jerry, you want to go first? Yeah. So uh, Jake kind of talked about a little bit earlier about like strategy and, and analytics and how that kind of segues into the question I have. So Louis Rojas has been on the hot seat kind of all year. He's really made some questionable decisions um, with the bullpen pinch hitting lately. So he's kind of been on the hot seat. Uh, how do you guys feel about Aaron Boone? Because I know he's been, they were calling for his head earlier in the season than you guys had that big 13 game winning streak. So where, where is he sitting right now as far as, you know, his future with the Yankees? Well, so Boone's the face of it, obviously, and that's by design. So as fans, you know, you, you, you can't, some people are like, it's not Boone. It's like, well, by design, it is. That's what they want us to think. But the Yankees follow such a script with their bullpen that Jake and I have, know their know their play like we know their playbook so on our pregame shows we can basically tell you who they're going to pitch i said that yesterday even if it was a close game they were going to pitch sal romano and andrew heaney were the two worst players in the pitchers in the bullpen but just by doing the math and i think a lot of casual fans or that haven't like looked that deep would be like they can't pitch those guys in a close game and we were like oh well they are because that's what the playbook says so Boone's just following the book. Uh, so it's frustrating, but when it, when it's, when it's so scripted and they follow such a script, Boone's not the one. So he's getting handed a script. And I, I think you've been around modern games and ploofy has been around modern games. And he's told us like, yeah, some managers get literally handed scripts that yeah. say eighth mm-hmm. inning lefty up pitch, hit, pinch hit this guy, or, you know, this amount of runs, this pitcher, this amount of runs, this pitcher. So, I don't know. Boone's kind of like a mood setter. And his one gift there is that he's just always positive, which I don't know how well that plays in the Bronx when you have this tough of a season. So I don't know if that's an answer. It's we're, kind of, it's bigger than Boone. We're, like we're the, kind the of fine. Makers. We're kind of fine with Booney, but that's because we live in the weeds and we know, you know, what, what the front office is doing. And, you know, we check the bullpen budget every day. So, you know, you're, you're crazy. Your crazy uncle that comes in and checks out, and you know, the seventh inning of the game and they say, hey, where's Johnny, where's Chad or whatever. Like, well, Hey, Johnny's hurt. He's out. And like, if Chad's worn out, they're just not going to use him. So um, the, the unfortunate part is some of the roster stuff. And like, we should also probably preface this by saying like, every time we've run into Boone, he's been super nice to us. So like, I'm, I'm not going to ever call for that dude's job or anything. Like he's a nice guy. And Hey, when they're winning 13, Boone looks like a genius. Cause he stayed level-headed all year, but you start losing again. Uh, you look like a little bit of a casserole. So a new I, manager would just follow the same scripts. Yeah. And so 
he's just a representation of it. And it's probably funny when you zoom out. I mean, his record as a manager is probably pretty incredible if you were to actually just look at that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, the thing that's been unfortunate really is that Jimmy mentioned some of the last guys on the bullpen roster. They've just been, they love stealing innings. And at this point of the year with your season on the line, I, I get that, you know, we knew this year was going to be a goddamn race the whole way. Um, pitchers didn't pitch last year, but man, like to try to do that um, when you're, in the playoff race, you, you just can't, you just can't. So that's, that's been the most frustrating that like, you know, no shots, well, shots fired at Andrew Heaney a little bit, but the guy's been a starting pitcher his whole career and he's clearly not in a good spot right now. And so you're bringing him in to these situations out of the bullpen, close, close games in a pennant race. Like that's unfair to him. So yeah. Uh, Boone's, fine it just uh it sucks man he's your he's a little kid and you're punching your pillow when you go to bed and that's kind of how the yankees want him yeah so the main thing there is bullpen management that's like the main grade well the the main thing is he's he's just a figurehead yeah that that sets the tone and then he gives that script so i understand that that's very frustrating as a player to understand that there's no real decisions being made in game um where you're just like all right well you go to your manager to be like, why did we do this? And he's like, well, I, I can't do anything else because this is what I'm told to do. That's really frustrating. And it's hard because you, Boone, Boone wears it. He wears it from the yeah. fans and that's why. So the, everybody behind making all these decisions says, Boone, just stand out there and, and get tomatoes thrown at you. And when they hired a new manager and looking for managers, that was like literally the public resume or like, you know, what they're searching for. Yeah. The public details were BLAs on between analytics and player. So if a guy's not starting, you're the buffer to say, well, the analytics say that and like make them understand at a player level, which is why I think guys like Booney and Ross and these players are getting gigs because the analytic guys are like, we need someone who understands a clubhouse to be able to tell them what we're saying. And like, they're not gonna make the decisions. The accent there, though. Yeah, that, was a, that was an actual sound clip. That was yeah. a sound I couldn't clip. even believe that. We put a mic Crazy. in the analytics department. Yeah. <laughs> well, and well, while we're at the bullpen, we we wanted to come at it from a nice a segue, bit. Jake. Yeah, I'm oh. show. I'm show. Um, big deal. We wanted to see, uh, you know, these Yankee fans watching this series when when a guy comes out of the bullpen, you know, we're gonna look at their stats or we'll be like, hey, you know. Edwin Diaz, I know that guy, Trevor May. Yep. Um, you know, who's, but bullpens fluctuate so quickly, Jerry, I, I probably don't have to tell you a guy's rolling, a guy's not rolling that, uh, it, that happens quick out there. Who is the guy that you guys don't want to see on the mound in the seventh inning tied game, right? Yeah, now? Who should we be excited about? If it's, you know, within three, either way, reliever comes out and, and Yankees fans should be like, okay. Yeah, I shit. know my my answer is super yeah, easy. Yeah, I'm gonna let Jolly. Right? I'm gonna let Jolly take this one. Uh, just to jump, I want to. I want to yeah. hear what he has to say here. You can look at last game, uh, Brad Hand. I mean, I know they're they're kind of keen on him, but they're Brad Hand. <laughs> I wouldn't I have made this a question if I knew Brad Hand was an option. <laughs> hey. Obviously, that's the answer. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was no, because he's was... being used in seven, eight, nine right now. Like I know the Mets are kind of keen on getting the guy that they wanted the offseason, and now they have him. But there's a reason that every contending team passed on him when they could have had him. 
Like, do you know I, the Yankees' record against Brad Hand? Let me pull this up for you. This is it's amazing. insane. I bet they do well. But, Brad. I mean, like we, we have so many weapons in the bullpen this year, and I get that like they've kind of been all exhausted because we've been leaning on them a lot recently. Like you know your Loops, your Mays, Lugo, Diaz, all that. But you know Brad Hand's been getting the look in the seventh inning, sometimes the eighth, and every time he comes out, it's a, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch. Like Brad Hand has been spectacular in past seasons, and I don't really know what's going on this season. I still think his slider's dirty, but every time he goes out there, I'm scared to watch him field a ground ball. I'm scared to watch him throw mm-hmm. the plate. It's just, it's, it's not fun. So I would say Brad Hand is the easy answer there because our bullpen that, has that, been the most reliable, I think, in my entire. That was life also, that was also my answer. He just yeah. doesn't look comfortable, doesn't look confident out there. And as a, as a pitcher, you, you have to be confident at least knowing what your stuff's going to do. And he doesn't even have that approach he kind of looks a lot like like chapman up there chapman is still so nasty but he just doesn't look confident when he's throwing the ball it's it's crazy to see such a such a powerful presence such a historically great pitcher kind of look lost up there i've been there myself i had a tough season in 18 um where i'm just like all right i'm gonna have to figure something out so uh it's Brad Hand, and, and I hate to say it because uh, we wanted him big time in the offseason, and, and we get him in this stretch run, and he's he's had some some rough go as a Met already. And this is kind of like an audition for 2022 for him. Like, I think that's why right. the Mets brought him in to see if they could, like, warm up to him and get him on, like, a team-friendly contract or something. But, you know, he lost us the game yesterday. There's no two ways about it. I mean, obviously, you got to score more than two runs, but that's just been the Mets the entire season. But Brad Hand throwing that ball away just kind of threw away Marcus Stroman's good outing and everything. So I definitely don't want to see him pass the seventh in any of the games this weekend. I don't like, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he is like Keeney to me. Like when I see and like Brian, Brian Fuentes from back in the day, it's like when I walk the pitch, I'm like, that doesn't play out of the pen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the Yankees absolutely crushed Brad Hand. So you're right. I would be excited if he came in. He's got a five ERA in the last four years and a 13 ERA in the last two years against the Yankees. Damn. 13. Even, even at his best. And as, as a team, the Yankees uh, have a 348 batting average, 466 on base percentage and one dot uh, OPS against Brad hand. So yeah, that's a great answer. And that's also had great numbers against Brad hand too, but now he plays for us. So it's kind of (laughs) tough. (laughs) Wow. Almost got in your own way there. Yeah, a little bit. You let him go. He'd probably be on the Yankees. He'd probably be Andrew. Maybe. You never know. It would be him or Sal Romano. So, I mean, who would you pick? Oh, big Sal. Big Sal. I didn't even know he was back on the Yankees until you guys told me. I didn't check the box from last night. I called him up yesterday and then used him in a tied game in a 7-7. That's insane. Uh, in tied game in the seventh inning. He just got called up. Room right into the fire. Season semi in the balance. And they had, First other, two they had, well. they had other options available. Yeah. That's that's one thing. Those are the decisions that I will never understand is in the grand scheme of things over a stretch, you have analytics to say, these are things that you need to do to make sure pitchers don't get worn out or they need their work. But when the season is literally on the line, when you have these high leverage, not just in game leverage, but in season leverage, you got to bring in a known quantity. That's going to give you a chance to be successful. Talk about putting guys in, in, in places where they want to like be successful, setting guys up to be successful is not putting an Andrew Heaney or a Sal Romano in a game like that. Like it's, it blows my mind that that happens. They don't understand that players are human. Like, um, all they see is, okay, we've had a lefty starter. 
So the Blue Jays have a lot of righties and they stacked them because it was going against a lefty starter. So the first one out of the pen should definitely be a righty. That's why it's so easy for us to guess. Okay, who's a righty that is available? And, you know, Chad's going to be pitching the eighth. So he's not going to be the first out of the pen. Wandy should have been the guy, but he's a lefty. And they cared more about going to a righty after the lefty than the guy who's been getting big outs for you. And right hand, right hand career ERA against the Mets, 4.61 against the Yankees, 4.91. So like same ballpark. Who doesn't like New York? Doesn't like, doesn't New, like New York, man. Get <laughs> a slice, Brad. Clear as day. Are you guys up or are we up? Yeah, you- no, I think I think we're up, right? Because you asked about Diaz. Yeah, you hit it, Jolly. Let me just trailed off. All right. I like this one because this one's not really like player related. This one's kind of for you two specifically as fans. Uh, and I know you're kind of, you know, you started a Mets pod on your, on your uh, company or whatever. So you're Met, your Mets empathizers in a way, where do you rank the Mets on the Yankees list of supposed rivals? Hmm. For me, I've been very, uh, the, I, the way I phrase this is you have, the Yankees have one rival. There's one team that I, like, I don't like Chris Sale. Like, I would, yeah. I really want him to pitch very badly. And I don't have that for any player on any other team. Wow. If Chris Sale was on my team, I'd root for him. But there's certain players on the Red Sox. There's some players I like. I like Verdugo. I like Devers. But there's certain players that just because they wear a Red Sox uniform, I'm out on them. And that's the only team where that exists, especially as we grow this and we talk to more players and, like, we, you, you know, you humanize them and stuff like that. And I've never met Sale. And I kind of don't want to because I really like having him as an enemy of the state. But that's all. So I always say there's temporary rivals. The Astros were that for a little bit where it's just like, you know, 10 years from now, this may not matter. My parents grew up. My dad had the Blue Jays as a big or the Royals as a big rival at points. And for yeah, the I Yankees, still hate the Royals. So there that's you go. Just not for me. Um, and then you have the Rays right now. Yeah, because they were throwing at each other. They piss me off because they're so good at what they do. And it's like weird. But the Mets, and, and this is different because there are a lot of Yankee fans that hate the Mets. We grew up in Connecticut. So we grew up like Red Sox fans are at school. Mets fans are at school. Every, you were constantly around other people to, it didn't, I don't really, the Red Sox were still the main Of focus. your 10 friends, four were Yankees, four were Red Sox, two were Mets. Okay. And that was just the Connecticut formula. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, it's fourth right now. Uh, even on the temporary, I would say Red Sox one, Astros Rays, Mets. But for me, it's not even anything. It's more of a there is a pride of the city factor. Like you get the you get the newspaper, you get the casual fans to be like on your side for the series. But if anything, it's just more fun. It's like a it's just it definitely makes it different than playing the Braves. It's always the Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees and Red Sox are UNC Carolina. They're, you know, they're top rivalry in sports. It's it's when it's at its peak, it's tough to beat anywhere. Uh, The Rays definitely get the floater spot for now. I think even above the Astros, like, you know, Yankees, you know, the Astros, the Astros, the Astros, that used to be like every day for us. That's kind of been out. It's kind of been nice for a little bit since essentially since we've played them. Uh, right before the all-star break. We haven't heard any of that. And the Yankees tried to. And Tampa's like almost earned it. Like if we didn't say Tampa, cause they've just been beating the shit out of us. Like they, <laughs> they really have. Um, so uh, the thing I say, like I, I, I root for the Mets when they're not playing the Yankees. My dream is to like be an adult in New York city for a subway series. Like, yeah. and then for those two weeks, boy, 
Will I be saying some stuff about the Mets that sure. like now that we're on the internet and will probably live for a long time, but like I needed to get there. And until it does, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's not going to be 10 45. I'm flipping to the other game on the couch and I'm like, Oh, hope the Mets blow this one to the Nats. Like, no, I'm not there. I also, so this frustrates Yankee fans and Mets fans, but in 15, I was rooting for the Mets to win, to win the whole thing. Now, when they lose because they miss throw a ball from first to home and like it's like a crazy <laughs> error, like Hang I get out. to laugh at that a little and Mets fans get to pain. Uh, so that's where it's a little pokey. But uh, I that also hurts me oh, personally. That cost me a World Series ring. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I didn't but say I, anything, Jared. <laughs> but I was, like that was the storyline I wanted, but I just don't get heartbroken. Uh, but I will say that I have such a Northeast bias. I don't like hide from this, especially after moving to Illinois and California and seeing just a little bit more how in baseball specific, the Northeast lives and dies uh, just a bit harder than anywhere else. I lived in fandom in sports fan in baseball fandom. I say, cause football is different. Basketball is different, but baseball fandom. So if it's Philly pirates, to we'll cancel out the Red Sox because that's the only team that doesn't fit. I'll root for them over the rest of the country if the Yankees aren't involved. I, I do have I do have that. I like that answer. Orioles? Did you root for a good Orioles team? If the Yankees weren't involved, yeah. All right, cool. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't hide it. I have a very big Northeast bias. I lived what all. What does a time. good Orioles team look like? Uh, JJ Hardy, Machado, uh, just picking <laughs> Mark F- Trumbo, right? Trumbo, oh, Jones, Chris uh, Davis, Buck Showalter, bring him back. Bring but, back uh, Darren O'Day. But Britain. Darren O'Day was well a little too soon, but yes, Darren O'Day. <laughs> and, and, I love O'Day and Britain. All right, uh, our question's somewhat similar. It's uh, asking Mets fans or Mets, you know, mm. Mets pod about the Yankees players in a certain way. Which Met would look best in pinstripes? Mm. Mm. Okay, wait, wait. So look best or like fit best into your current roster scheme? Because those are two different kind of questions. I asked him a similar prodding question, and he said yes. He said, so however I, you guys I go think, with it. I think it's like the whole the, the, whole, the whole package. package. The Is there a player where you're like, hmm, that's a Yankee? Hmm, good question. Like Jerry, people probably come up to you and talk to you about crystals and stuff a lot. Like they're Yankee <laughs> crystal energy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, my answer, my answer for who look who would look best in pinstripes, who kind of fits that is is James McCann, Ooh, okay. because because a he he's well groomed, always got the sharp fade, good looking guy, um, well spoken, takes takes pride. He he stands in front of the media and directs it that way. Um, and plus you, your guys's catching situation is very interesting. So you need somebody, somebody that can hold it down. Yeah, maybe you need bit. James McCann. That'll solve all your problems. I think, I think honestly. So. I do I see think, what you're saying there. I mean, man, I can see the Yankees, Yankees uncles clamoring for James. McCann. this guy plays the game the right way. Um, okay. I was I, it with Brian I, McCann. Let's see if you can get it with James McCann. Oh, God, I got mine, but I hope it never comes true. And I don't think it will because he just recently said he wants to come back to play for the Mets. But I think Aaron Loop, like he's already <laughs> clean shaven. He's a lockdown, reliable bullpen guy. 
you Yankees love your traditional bullpen maneuvering and stuff like that. And Aaron loop fits right into that. He wouldn't close, but that's okay. And I mean, the Yankees would give him a bag, especially after the season he's had. So I'm hoping he comes back to the Mets, but I, after this season, I definitely see the Yankees making a play for Luke. I'd be wow. surprised if they didn't. Giving us all your studs. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Damn. How would, how do you guys feel? Yeah. How do the Yankees the feel about Bush light? Yeah, true. Sure, that was our college. That was our college yeah. beer. College beer choice. Yeah, yeah. I was a PBR guy. That's interesting. I feel you like New Yankee Stadium is like a like a Heineken type approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stadium, not a Bush That's, Light. I don't really get Heineken. It's Sometimes so corporate. You're feeling, a, you're feeling in a weird mood, and you're like, "Let's get some Heineken," and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Now this is all. We I got. like the green bottle. <laughs> but that's about it. That's literally my every time I've drank a Heineken, I'm like, "Oh, why did I get a Heineken?" Yeah. <laughs> Heineken vibes this year. They do. The Yankees kind of have Heineken vibes. Skunked. The other one skunked on purpose. I laughed out loud. <laughs> That's I a green some, bottle. Effect. I laughed out loud. Someone took a picture like their family was coming to town, so they bought booze. And there's a six pack of Amstel Light, and I laughed. I like that might be the only beer I've never purchased. <laughs> what yeah. kind of mood do you have to be in to get Amstel Light? What's Amstel not light? <laughs> is there just an Amstel? Yeah. Is there an Amstel? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. That's, what look is at, it next to where you're like, ooh, that Amstel light, that's sharp. That's you sent your, you know, maybe a non-drinker. I, uh, You know, I have an uncle that doesn't drink, and then I have a lot of aunts that aren't beer drinkers. They'll drink something else, and that they just grab something. They just grab <laughs> They're just like, they walk by the aisle. The blindly. beer drinkers at that party, Jake, didn't mm-hmm. request Amstel Light. Right. They, they <laughs> I don't reaction. think anybody's ever requested Amstel yeah. Light. I think it's sort of just like, yeah, I'll, I'll have it. Sure. It's I'm kind of out on all the, the see-through bottles because they do the skunked on a purpose effect, and I really like that flavor. I don't either. I, it's not for me. I'm not a beer guy in general, but the see-through bottles are yeah. skunky. Uh, DeGrom looks best in pinstripes. When I picture him in a Mets uniform, he's wearing the Mets pinstripes anyway. <laughs> he's kind of the only one that like isn't part of the Mets circus for like five no, years in a row. I disagree. So that 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 brings me to to our question. Yeah, look at that. Segway pod. So, Segway pod. Yeah, that's wonderful. You guys are such pros. This is this is why I signed on to John Boy. Yeah, yeah I'm learning so much. Um, so <laughs> you guys have Garrett Cole. That's your that's your ace. He's been stellar. Would you right now trade? Garrett Cole's contract for Jacob DeGrom's contract. How many does DeGrom have left? Well, I think he's got two years left. Two years left with a, with like a, I think the second highest AAV. Yeah. Yeah. Two years of what I would consider. I I think it's kind of universal that the best pitcher head and shoulders above even Garrett Cole's greatness. I'll I'll go Um, first. And I, 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 I think it could come off hot takey. I mean, I, I think the answer is DeGrom only because those big baseball contracts, all the risk is in the last four or five years. Yep. And, you know, the Yankees, when they got Garrett Cole, they were paying big money for these initial seasons, you know, for probably the same timeline as DeGrom's. So you're basically telling me I can have two pitchers in their prime and one of them I'm on the hook for the five riskiest years uh, of their career. And I, that's not uh, obviously not a shot at Garrett Cole. That's just how life works. So I, I think people would be shocked to hear, you know, sometimes my logic actually kicks in and it works, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only caveat there is I'm so lost in this season that I, I mean, DeGrom's done, right? Have they officially dropped the, it's not happening hammer. They refused. He ran away from it. Yeah, but he, he's done. I think. <laughs> 
I think it's safe uh, to say. Garrett, you know, he did leave the game the other day with a, a little hammy thing or so he said, um, but he also said he might not miss his start. We'll see what goes on there. Um, <laughs> there's the sicko Yankee fan in me that's like, well, we'll keep Coley's healthy right now. So when we win it all this year, even though they've given me absolutely none of that. Sure, so sure. you guys have to go on for three more years because there's a club option. That three. Oh, there the, is. The club option. Or there's that's a right. club option that they're probably going to pick up. Uh, yeah, I was you just looking it up. I, I, it might be one of the, those funky contracts, like they have to either pick up two, and if they don't, he yeah, I don't know the out. parameters around it. Just because it's a, it's a player option, not club option. Like, that's usually what that means. I'll take yeah. Cole, um, because it's nice having him locked up for so long and and not feeling that that window's so tight. And he has been good even post sticky stuff. He's also the uh, assistant slash at the head pitching coach. So. We'd be losing two big roles. DeGrom does fill that role I, as well, though. He's big on advice and kind of leading the young guys a little bit. Does DeGrom I appreciate the answer catcher? there. What'd you say, Jim? Does DeGrom what? Our personal catcher, DeGrom? Mm. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, that's huge because yeah. it's my only knock on call. Yeah, the whole Higgy thing. Is that still going on? How come the best pitchers in the world think they need a personal catcher to be good? When like, hey, but you're the best pitcher in the world. You don't need anything to make you good. I agree with you. It's a comfortability. And to me, to me, I think it shows a lack of confidence, like a uh, just you, that you fact that you think your success teeters on who you have catching you is is a is shows some vulnerability that I just don't like, I don't understand it. For like, you know, an ace and the mental toughness and then be like, but only if I have the right catcher. It's like, what? It's such I, a. I agree. You're not a knuckleballer. You don't need you don't need your your guy. You don't need a Tolly, you know, for an R.A. Dixie. Think, Jerry, Cole shakes Higgy off the guy he likes over Gary constantly. Like, it's not like it's, he a, just it's likes not his like rhythm. He just likes the rhythm in which he puts down signs, I guess, which I understand and I appreciate. Coney talks about all the time, but it's not like it's not like he's going with Higgy's game versus Gary's game. It's just the time it takes him to get the, it seems so arbitrary. I think to me, to me, it's more of a, a knock on Gary on his, uh, his, the lack of confidence to, to, to be secure in what he's calling and how he's going to catch that his game. Because if, if he's trying to spot that outside corner and, and, and he's just constantly moving it and trying to throw it back. It's going to yeah. piss him off. Yeah. And over the course of three innings, he's just going to be like, you know, F this guy, get him out of here. I don't, I'll take Higgy. And that's also a little disappointing because the Yankees hired a catching coach specifically to change the way Gary catches where he doesn't give a, a target. Um, but they didn't change Higgy. Higgy still gives the target. And uh, they were trying to convince the pitchers that, you know, you don't need the glove as a target. You can aim at the knee pad or the helmet. And uh, so they're like, they're kind of set Gary up to fail there because he's just catching the way the coaches are. But now as pitcher, a, the Mets kind of dealt that with, with Wilson Ramos. I don't know if you remember that drama with Noah Syndergaard saying, I'm not going to throw to that guy. It was yep. more for those borderline pitches where you want a catcher to sometimes steal a strike for you, or at least to make you feel better about missing. Cause if like, he just gets it and throws it back. And you're like, that was a pretty good pitch. And he's like, nah, you suck. And then you get the ball back. And you're like, Oh, maybe I do suck. Like it's just a little mental barrier. But the fact that they're trying to tell Gary he doesn't need a, the pitchers that they don't need a target is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Like yeah. if you can't tell a pitcher what he needs or doesn't need, yeah. he's going to yeah. tell you. So 
I don't know. I also say uh, I'm going to say I'd rather Cole's contract because I just like riding, living, and dying with a player and 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 following their career. Like CC was a stud, stud, stud. Three really not great years where he had to figure out how to pitch without his velocity, and then three really fun years where CC figured that out, and we got to follow that path. So like. Cole, we have them 10 years. I'm just going to enjoy them. I'm, you know I'm angling for either a Rockies or D-backs front office job, and yes. that, was my, that was my pitch. Uh, I, I want the shorter contract, and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's okay. I took my fandom out of it. Okay. I, John, I love that loyalty that you have towards that player because as a guy like that, that got to watch CC be this, you know, upper 90s dominant, just pure stuff, to see him struggle – and to see his ego and for him to let that go and just be like, all right, I got to figure out how to pitch at this level is huge. And, and for the Yankees to stick with a guy, I mean, CC is one of the best humans on the planet, but to let him iron it out and to help him figure it out, I'm all for player loyalty. So uh, I'm with you on that. And that's why I always say builds fan bases is having guys around forever and, and not knowing like, you know, if you have to ground for two years, you just know he's leaving. Kind of like Kluber this year. It's like, well, dude, he's not going to be a Yankee next year, and he wasn't a Yankee the year before, so I'm not going to really get too invested in Corey Kluber, the Yankee. All right, our next question is, what's a routine uh, mistake or miscue that Mets fans will, Yankees fans will be like, ha, 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 and Mets fans will be like, yeah. like That, that happens that once happens a series. Once we do that. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, a VR getting picked off base. Yeah, that's a really good one, okay. actually. Jonathan like VR is having a stellar season. Like, I've been so, so impressed with him. He's played great defense, like, for the most part. He's had some throwing errors. He's hit, like, bombs. He's been our one of our big pieces when all of the health went down. He's been, like, one of the mainstays of our lineup. But for whatever reason, even when he's not stealing, he'll just, like, fall asleep on the base paths and get picked off, get back-picked. Get yeah, thrown dude. out trying to advance on something stupid. Just do something silly on the base paths where the Mets will just be like, what in the world? Like we see it again, again. How many times do you have to get picked off? And they just played the Marlins who was VR's last team before the Mets. And they were thrown over every time he was on base. Cause they know like, he's not a good base runner <laughs> outside of, you know, his stealing. Like he, he, he just falls asleep sometimes. It's right. just, it's incredible. It, it continuously has happened in every month of the season. So I think that's like a perfect answer to that question. Gary does love to back pick and try to pick up his pitchers that way. And, and you, have, you have Monty game one tonight with who's a lefty does have a move. I don't think Kluber's going to do much, but okay. That's fun to watch out for. That's yeah, Monty uh, has a real shot. That's what I'll say. Cause he's got a nice move. That's so funny. Cause that's uh that is such a, you watch a guy day in day out scouting report. Like I know, you know, free agency will roll around. And I'll be like, yeah, VR, he plays all over. He racks up some swipes. Like he, he kind of, that's a good ball player. And then when he's on your team, you're like, dude, just if you get picked off right now, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> and not do that. Okay. So let's get VR on base. Is that what we want now? I think so. I don't, I don't think you're going to have a chance. He's going to get on base. Right that guy balls. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I like that. All right. I have a, I have a, so I, this is our fourth question, right? I think four or five. Yeah. And then, yeah. This one is going to be quick, but it's just, it's kind of trivia. Like, it's not really like an elongated answer. I just want to see, I want to peak your Subway Series knowledge here. VR leads the league in caught stealings. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Most of that is pickoffs, I think. (laughs) He's honestly been really good at stealing bases. Yeah, it's not even caught stealing. It's falling asleep. Like, he tied his shoes before he called time. He just bent down and was like, (laughs) excuse me. 
and they tag him out. All right, so we were just talking about DeGrom, and DeGrom's first start ever was against the Yankees in the Subway Series at City mm-hmm. Field. Do you two remember who started for the Yankees that day who also made their debut and beat DeGrom in that game? Ooh, when you phrase it as a trivia question, I feel like I definitely heard it before. Are we, can you give me a year, or do you not want it's that? It's 2014. It's a good. It's a. T- it's a tough one. It's a good one though. Twenty. I, I, I was at this game, so that's why I remember it so well. Twenty fourteen debut. Grom debut. Twenty fourteen. Is it like Brian Mitchell, or is that too early for him? It's not Brian Mitchell. I, I mean, no I feel, Brian Mitchell is. I feel like there's <laughs> shout out Brian Mitchell. I feel like there's a uh, like there's like, a reason it's a trivia. Question. Like it's a name. You know, that's the Yankees trivia. Did, did BBD just put that in? That sounded real. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's before anyone on the team, I think. It's before Savvy, before Sessa. It's not one of your like main guys that have stuck around. Mm. But he was a rookie who made his debut this night and beat DeGrom. It's pre Savvy, right? Like, Savvy's 2015. I think we've interviewed this person. Okay. I think we. I think I've heard this story before, but I'm. Sevy was. Sevy was. Sevy was 15, I believe. I'm gonna quickly confirm. I think Sevy started in 15, relieved in 16. Sessa started in 16. So I don't think it's Sessa. I can give you the two other teams that he played for. Mm. Give us one. Tampa Bay Rays. They they play everyone. Yeah. This was a one nothing victory for the Yankees. Holy smokes. God, I, I know this as a trivia question. I do not know the answer. Right, what so other Jake's, team did he play for? I he can't. For, his last year was for the Braves in 2018. <sighs> I, I'm, su- I'm surprised I stumped you guys. I didn't think I'd be able to. Jared, do you know this? Because I don't think I wrote down the answer. No, I literally, I literally just looked it up, and then I had to look up the name. <laughs> All right, righty or lefty? Righty. Or lefty? Uh, yeah. American or foreign? American. Apparently, his name, his his nickname is Big Fella. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a good nickname. According to his baseballreference.com, and he is a big fella. Yeah, he's been out. BBD's reaction to the name made me. I looked it up. All right, who is it? Chase Whitley. You guys remember that name? Oh Oh God, Chase Whitley. I mean, beat Degrom in his debut. That's wild. Kind of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. He's had a couple. Sorry, Chase. They had a chase. A chase that did like something similar in twenty or two thousand six or something, right? Chase Wright gave up the four homers to the Red Sox in his debut or, or one of his first. Well, yeah. Good for Chase. Chase Wright. Yeah. 14's a pretty lost season. Yeah. That's one of the non-playoff years, I think. This is a, a rude comment. Chase Whitley's not a guy I ever considered having a debut. Uh, wow. Wow. Hot take, BBD. Hot take. Wow. He didn't even get the win. Like that's just one of those. Nah, he went four and two thirds. He exists. They didn't qualify. Longer career than I thought. When... Who popped Degrom? I don't remember. I think it was a solo shot, though. Right? Was it Tex? Uh, no home runs. Four hits, one earned, two walks. Yeah, I want to see who got Degrom. Uh, let's see. Soriano. Soriano double. Oh. Walked tax. 
Soriano double. Wow, I forgot Soriano's second stint. He was at the game yesterday, too, so yeah. you guys are screwed. It's gone. Swole. Do you guys remember yeah. Scott Rice? I do remember. We were talking about Scott Rice like on our last pod, I think, actually. Scott Rice. Yeah, Scott Rice is in uh, one of my fantasy leagues. Stop it. Go. 2015 Mets, We have baby. an ex-Mets fantasy league. Ricer. In, is in our I'm glad he's getting some love. We have I got, I think I, I got a question. Yeah. I wanted to know, I wanted to know who is your favorite New York Yankee of all time that isn't like a big star. Like if you say Jeter, you know, I understand. I'll go down the list, but you, who is you tell me when big star fades. Because <laughs> it okay. goes Jeter, Posada, Pettit, then probably you're gonna get into the more modern Yankees, Tanaka. Uh, I'd say Tanaka is okay. Like, no, not no, yet no? for me. Not, yet? not for, like, Gary, not for What about Jake. like a like a Bernie Williams or something? That's okay. Jake. No, Bernie. He's like Hall of Fame. Bernie should be in the Hall of Fame. Bernie's like an unsung well, hero, though. Kind yeah. of. Bernie's the best player the on that Yeah. I'm trying to think back to like '90s. They all became names. So I'm think so. I, I the reason why I ask is because like this could be Brett Gardner's last go around yeah, yeah, yeah. Subway Series. He's like a great Yankee that'll never be a Hall of Famer, but he's mm-hmm. worn the uniform for so long. I can't imagine him in any other uniform. He's like somebody top- like that, like a like a blue collar kind of just a Yankee. Somebody that would be respected by Yankees fans that you know other people may not know. The, the Guardi kind of tying it to the Cole DeGrom discussion before baseball needs more Guardies like, you know, Brett Gardner and Yankee land almost gets a bad rap because he's not one of those all time baseball players, but he's still really good. And he's been on the Yankees forever. And like, that's the sport would be better if Brett Gardner's stayed in their respective cities for 10 years and they became a staple instead of spending five years getting traded. And then you spend four years trying to latch on wherever you can. Um, Do you have I, Matsui as a big star? Did I say him? Yeah. Matsui's a big star. I mean, I, I having played with, with like the Japanese players and Matsui myself, like the guy is, has hundreds of people outside the yeah. hotel room at all times, even though they're, they're all Japanese, like mostly Japanese fans. I, he's just like a superstar. So here's an answer that it it's, it didn't burn for long, but when the the mm. him being my favorite guy burned as bright as any favorite is Chin Ming Wong. Mm. I love that answer. Second love that answer. That's, one year. That's a good one because people yeah. will be like, oh yeah, I remember Chin Ming Wong. Yeah. The guy is incredible. Had a great I, career. I unfortunately, hurt himself. But I don't I don't get a lot mm. of jerseys with names on the back. I had like Jabba and Chin Ming Wong. Jabba's a good one too. Mm. Yeah. I love that, man. That's a good one. Thank you. Because that's a that's a guy who, by the way, he has a like a Netflix documentary yeah. about his like comeback. Yep, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it very much. Um, so nasty for for such a short period of time. Um, they had like a foot injury, wasn't it? Rounding the bases in Houston, pulled his hamstring. Yep. Gosh. Ended his career. DH man. DH. Nightmare. Um, nightmare. Yeah, Good. for me, yeah, I live in. I live in two different fandom timelines. Like as, as a little kid, you know, you can, you can idolize whoever. Um, and I actually idolized role players a little more um, 
as a youth, like <laughs> I wrote a, I wrote a paper in like third grade. I it's gone and has to be set on fire uh, about Clay Bellinger, Cody Bellinger's dad, just cause he was like the role player on the Yankees. He was, he was a total bench guy um, and absolutely loved him. I mean, all of the Yankees bench legends, Louis Soho, mm-hmm. um, you know, those Even guys Cairo. back when the bench was like the bench, like, you know, you had a certain level of love and love and respect for those guys. I love Chad Curtis because he would do the big barrel throws, but now he's kind of a bad guy. So I kind of shy away yeah. from that. Yeah, don't say and that. nowadays it's tough for me. And I'm starting to enter a new level of fandom where I see a, a kid, a 22 year old, like they called a Florio the other day and he looks like a baby deer. And I fucking love that. Um, or <laughs> it's the other end of the spectrum who this guy shouldn't count. Cause he is like an all time great baseball player. When Edwin Encarnacion was a Yankee for a half a year, I was just in love with that man. Just like, you know, 36, 37 years old, thicker than a mister. He was fighting the fight at first base. Like, cause the Yankees were asking him to, even though, you know, he didn't have a ton of that in the bag. Was that the year with like nine different first basemen? That oh. you guys had? That's, that's been the last three years. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the Yankees trait now. So like yeah. Edwin in the realm of baseball shouldn't count, but in the lore of Yankees, I think he does count. And like just watching him, that. watching him fight every day was just awesome. And yeah. awesome. And he gets like the stats don't stick out, but he had like the bad first two weeks when he got here and then he was on fire the rest of the time. And then he was very bad in the yeah, playoffs because he was hurt playoffs. right before. Yeah. Broken wrists. Everyone was. Came back right before. So I found, I'm going through some rosters and I found two more that I think you might accept. Jerry, Melky Cabrera, when he got mm. called up. Mm. And doing That's it. a good one. One of the, one of the cooler outfield assist arms that I don't think people give credit for. It was just, so straight with a little tail that he played perfectly every time. And then um, Cervelli, that's the trade mm. that hurt me the most still to this day. I, I was like, that's a good one. I forgot he was a Yankee. That's right. He, uh, I remember him as a pirate. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to be a forever Yankee, to be honest. Cause he seemed like he just that's be a guy forever. Yeah. I thought he was going to be a Yankee forever. He has that personality. I ended up playing with him in Atlanta in 19 a little bit when we had some, some injuries and I still like saw him as a Yankee because of the way he, he just had that like, you know, proper, you know, kind of looks good in pinstripes, but also carried himself in a, in a way that was very professional. And you don't see that in every organization. A lot of them are laid back and, wearing your hat backwards, wearing sweatpants. And, and I always saw Cervelli always well put together. And I always thought he was a somebody that the Yankees should have held on to. He was a guy that uh, his minor league, like batting average and on base percentage were always worse. And when he got called up, people were like, some people just hit better in the bigs. Uh, and every hit for like the first year of his career was just a ground ball through the pitcher's legs right over second base. <laughs> if they shifted back in 2009, he maybe doesn't have a career. Yeah. It was every hit right up the middle, right up the middle, right up the middle. It was cool. Good. Thank you for those answers. That, as a answers, guy guys. that had my whole career, if you're my favorite player, or if I was your favorite player, you probably were related to me. <laughs> and so, so that's why I asked. So I appreciate that. You know, there there's, those sicko kids in the yard throwing from down here and stuff. They're like, I love yelling, uh, yelling Blevins. People throw like you on a wiffle ball field and yell Blevin. Yes. <laughs> Nobody That's ever happened. has. That's how it ever has. I yell Burley. It's Rich Hill now. Football. <laughs> You've got to keep the tempo up. All right. Our fifth question is if you were in the Mets clubhouse and separate answers, 
who are you giving a, a pep talk to? Who are you giving like a believe in yourself, like, you know, motivational little chat to? Yankee series, three weeks to go. Little pep. All right, I got mine. Jerry, you go first, though. All right, I'm going to go with Jeff McNeil. Oh, mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil. Very good one. Jeff McNeil is the type of player that I love. I love his style. He is an old school, put the ball in play. I don't strike out um, like a dirt. I'm always dirty, uh, just a hustler. But he's also like such a hothead and slams his helmet and cusses and screams all the time. And he plays this game. Whereas, you know, you hit the ball hard, go for it. And he's having a, a rough year. And he, I love, I wish. I hope the future of baseball includes more Jeff McNeil type ball players because I think it's more exciting, more action, um, less three true outcomes kind of thing. And he's been struggling and you can see it in his face. And like, I just want to go and be like, dude, you're unbelievable. Uh, slap him on the face and be like, dude, you're, you're way better than you're, you're being. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Just relax, play some baseball. You're about to play the Yankees. This series is always exciting. The fans, the, the, the stadium are always vibrating. Just enjoy it. Soak it up. Go out there. Get out of your own head. Take a deep breath. Look around. See that there's, you know, 45,000 people here to watch you play. Take a breath. Enjoy the moment. And then get back out there and play this game you've played since you were six years old and have fun doing it. That's, that's what I would be. That would be my answer. That's a good answer. I like it. Beautiful. So for me, and I think it would be better coming from Jerry as a former reliever guy anyway, but uh, Edwin Diaz for me, because uh, Edwin Diaz is going to be a free agent after next year, I believe. And he's having another one of these tumbles to the end of the season. He had a good, he had a good stretch there right after his kind of blow up after the all-star break. And now he's back to blowing up again. And I know he's much better at home and maybe it's a trumpets thing. Maybe it's a psyche thing. But I truly believe that Edwin Diaz is pitching for the closer role next year right now. I think that it's not a guaranteed lock anymore. I don't think it was to begin with either. Um, but he he needs to show up. He needs to find his confidence again. Um, I think it's it's another thing of command issues and, you know, being afraid of hitters and stuff like that. And I think a, a really good series where he gets some big innings against the Yankees uh, can sort of erase the last couple of weeks of, of bad memories. Um, but it's going to be the biggest spot of the year for him. It's going to be the largest and the loudest crowd. And it's going to be the meanest crowd if he mm-hmm. doesn't show up again. So I think out of all the guys right now, I think McNeil's a really good answer for hitters. I think Diaz is probably the best answer for pitchers, either him or like McGill, because he's been slumping a little bit too. Mm, okay. It's a little closer on closer yeah, that's like a, speech. Yeah. That's another thing that I, I think Yankees fans should pay attention to. And especially if you're going mm-hmm. to the game, if Edwin Diaz gets to come into a game, his walkout music is fire. Like the, the trumpets, it's a, it's like one of those things where it really creates an atmosphere, like a Mariano's, you know, his inner Sandman. This is like a different level of fun and excitement. And, uh, and the fans get into it. Mr. And Mrs. Met play some trumpets. Mm. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. So look out for that. Hopefully the Mets are, are locking down a save and they get to do that. All right, All right fellas. We're not locking down. Hmm? Come back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll come back. Yeah, maybe. Let's make it interesting. A couple runners on. Four hit by. Or at least hear the music, I guess. Yeah. Walk, uh, walk off wild pitch. I've, walk already, off told wild pitch. I've already told everyone. Sunday night. <laughs> be there, I think, right? I think we're going to be there, yeah. Fun. Mm, that's so mm. pro. <laughs> Does that five for you guys go, right? You have one more? Yeah, we have one more, I think. All right, Jerry, I'm thinking the one at the top. You cool with that? 
No, you go for it. I handle it. You got it. All right. This one's this one's got a condition to it. Mm. Besides the Luis Castillo dropped pop up that got the Yankees a walk off, which I'm sure you're both familiar with. Mm. What's your fondest Subway Series moment that you've watched? Jeter leadoff home run World Series. Oh, okay, okay. Mm, I uh, mm, should I have excluded the 2000 World Series? Yeah, I was going to say that's a good one. (laughs) And I was thinking regular season, honestly. Subway Series. Is there any moments? Is there any like the Mets have a couple? The Mets walked off Mo. They mm. walked off Chapman last year. Tyler Clippers debut. That's a fun one. I think he hit a triple uh, and shut down the Mets in the, as a starter. Oh yeah. How do you guys start. feel about Clip in a in a Yankees uniform? How did how did you like him as a Yankee? Well, mm. he was having a very very poor year, so I think we got a bad judgment of him. He was. The high changeup wasn't working. He was the scream at the screen. You cannot bring him in. This cannot be. (laughs) Um, It was just a stretch for him while they they were finally playoff bound. And then eventually they traded for D-Rob and Canely and and move clip. Oh, D-Rob would have been like a good answer for. I thought he was too big of a star, but I have no idea. Like D-Rob is. Way I think I would have accepted. I think I don't think I would have accepted him. I think I think John's right. I think he would have been. I mean. Yeah, he's a closer. Nasty, by the way. A, yeah. uh, fellow great calves, Jake. Yeah. Oh, we... Uh, yeah, but he's got a great whole body. You just have calves. We uh, <laughs> we were blessed enough to see David Robertson at a spring training, uh, not wearing much, and uh, that was a treat. That wow. was a treat. Not safe not, for work, Pop. Not similar to what Poppy's putting out right now. <laughs> Look at this. It's steamy. May 20th, 2007, Tyler Clippard, six innings pitched, one earned run against the Mets in his debut. Wow. Uh, six innings. Good for him. And then he hit a triple, I believe. Scott Proctor to moat for the win. Mm. Scott Proctor. That's no, that one. formula. Wasn't, was there a shit he show? He had a double, then he had a big double. Was there a shit show Mets Yankees doubleheader last year? Yes. Was that the Chapman blown save? Did the Yankees blow the other one, or did the Mets? Uh, no. the all other one? three games ended. They like, were chaos. Chaos. Yeah, They're yeah. all dumb. They, there was an Ahmed Rosario walk off at the away stadium, and then I think Hicks oh, had to come that back was on weird. Diaz. That was weird. Just a weird. He walked series. it off at Yankee Stadium. That yeah. was the strangest right. feeling. Like super yes. bizarre. Felt dirty. Yeah, that was one of those. I you know I think everyone had some dark nights. It, during the middle of the quarantine and prime quarantine. But I think for me, that one was like, I don't know. Does sports matter? What are we doing? <laughs> That's what <laughs> it felt like to me, too. I was just like, the, the Mets just hmm. walked off the Yankee Stadium. <laughs> like, in an man. empty Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah. So bizarre. We should go to the beach. There was three walk-offs in a row. 28th, 29th, 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's going to be a messy weekend. <laughs> it's going to be much more I fun than it. last year, though, which is good. God. Who are the pitchers? Both teams just... Just clawing to stay in this fight. Yeah. Monty versus McGill. McGill. Tyler McGill, who's a young starter, exciting, had a little bit of a down. Yeah. He's got great stuff. He's got like, he's got huge balls. He, he attacks huge balls. Huge balls. Like, I know that. Like, the, if the yeah, Yankees, Yankees score two runs, hit. it's a huge game for them right now. I mean, we can't That's, score that either. Could be a bounce so. bass, back. Exactly. Yeah. Judges in like a one for 20 slot, and, you know, offense kind of goes with him. Uh, and then game two is Kluber and, Kluber. um, 
Walker. Yeah. Taiwan Walker. And then Cookie in game three, and we don't know who for you. Yeah, because because Tyone went to the ten day, and, and Cole is nursing a hammy. Yeah, who do you think gets that start? Is it going to be Heel? No, because he just pitched. Uh, Yankee said they have no idea. When Sick. That's good for us. Let's go. When, he'll pitch Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, he'll be a day pitch. short. You can't do that. They brought George up Davey uh, Garcia, Davey. and uh, that'd be a mess. Heaney. So, yeah, it's going to be Heaney. Wait, I think... is Davey? Davey's a lefty? <laughs> no. He's very... I think he's not. I was going to say, if he's a lefty, you guys are fine. Don't even worry I think about Cole, it. I think Cole just makes oh, that start. Well, then we have Heaney. Yeah. I think Cole's making the start. I think he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to push for it. This is what oh, you paid him $600 billion for, so. That is approximate. I think Davey yeah. was at the stadium for this series, so it sounded. Lo- it sounds like if you want to read between lines, I think Davey might. Um, I think Davey might piggyback Kluber in game two. Interesting. Mm. Okay. We'll see. Um, I was going to say something. No, what I were you going to say? You think? Going to say something, and I forgot. Yeah, my what? hopes up, man. Come on. I forget. Kluber, Davey, Davey. Davey. Oh. Just start throwing words at him, see what happens. Hamstring. <laughs> I forget. Okay. Said about it. Yankees can't hit. Chad Curtis, bad guy. Yeah. Oh, we're going real back now. Bernie Williams, maybe. Judge had three hits yesterday. I have to Google uh, Chad Curtis, bad guy now. I don't know. I don't know that. So I won't let you. Fun read. Yeah. Oh, then. Oh. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. a funny bad guy. He was teaching. Is it like an Aubrey Huff stuff? I'll let you know. He was teaching at a school and then he's now in jail. Oh, 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 that's not fun. That's not fun. Controversy. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for bringing the mood down. It's okay. That's kind of on me. (laughs) No, I totally forgot. I was just saying. Okay. So that's fun. Is that really how we're ending the pod? (laughs) Yeah. You guys want to? Yeah, hey, if you, you want to find 30 out, seconds of talking <laughs> real hard. Mm. We have eleven thirty, Sam. Okay, so we have some minutes. I'll think real so hard. So we're just gonna we're we'll sit in silence and think. Easy question. What needs to happen for the Mets to go to the playoffs? What needs to miracles? Happen? Miracles. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I did, I wanted yeah. to be sure we were there. Uh, because yeah. what they're seventy and seventy one now, right? Yeah. They're actually they're actually playing decent baseball. Um, they just they just they lost so many on the road during that stretch, and they played so bad at the beginning of the year yeah. that it's no longer in their hands. They need the Braves to, which they have. They have the Braves have been playing down. Um, the Six Padres, like 15. the wild card, is still open. It's I think wild... I believe in a Mets wild card more than I do in a Mets division. Actually, right now, yeah, it, it's still open. They can do things. They just have to get it together. And by some miracle, if we get like Degrom back in the playoffs, mm. that's the only way that. I think that's the only scenario in which he would come back. If it was a wild card game or like game one of the division, that's series. literally that's what I think is happening right now. I think he's playing catch and he'll ramp it up if the Mets start to pick it up, and if not, they'll shut it down. So, yeah. so there's your answer, I guess. Win every series and hope other teams. What about lose. what about like you guys aren't the division is gone, correct? You guys aren't yeah. catching the Rays. Yeah. No. What's what do you guys need? Another 13 game win streak. They played Toronto and Boston a couple more times. They played the Rays. Toronto's looking really good. They get a good start. Like Jake Jake said, they get a good start every night, and their lineup's deep. Uh, I'd love to host the wild card. That would be a lot of fun. 
at this point it's dropped down to let's be in the wild card. Yeah. And then what are we looking at if they're there is the main thing. The wild card is one game and you have Cole. What's the rotation after that? And like does Tyone get game one of the DS then? If he's healthy? If he's healthy. His injury Monty. we thought a phantom IO was coming because he hadn't pitched in two years and he's and then now he's pitched every five days. Yeah. But you know, shoulder soreness or something like that. But it was like a potential surgery inducing thing that put him on the IL. So I was like, Oh, I guess this isn't phantom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah phantom. All of a sudden you're, you're pointing out a ligament in the ankle or something like that. Yeah. I was like, this is pretty like detailed. You guys don't have to be this like, specific with the lie. Come on guys. He was in a boot. So yeah, yeah, like, give me a lower boot. body injury. Yeah. Hockey style, man. Yeah. You just, yeah. you, you hope the brand gets better. They, they have an a lineup. That have they started the game with the A lineup once? The no. closest they get they've no. gotten were Days Hickey caught. So they're you know it's, I don't even believe in that A lineup though anymore. Right, that's a whole nother issue. But the fact they they haven't even played it when they've had the opportunity to for three weeks with the big boys. So what, what do you what do you think the biggest issue has been? Has it been the way the front office has just kind of stuck to their analytics and not allowed the season and mid game like guys yeah. to be hot? So I think my gripe is, and I'm not against analytics, obviously. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy them. We look at them a lot and, and all that. But analytics provide you end result numbers and not day in, day out numbers. They take away the day-to-day, does this guy help every day? And the Yankees had, when they were winning, replacement players in. Velasquez was at shortstop. Uh, and he's just kind of like, you know, quadruple A call up. And, but he's, uh, he's stealing bases whenever he's on base. But he's going to do what he does. And he's moving, defense. he's moving over on sack flies. Um, now Glaber's back and Glaber's struggling and slow and bad at defense right now. They had Wade or Odorin, who was like a lefty presence, who was bunning to beat the shift and doing like extra stuff, especially Wade, who was stealing and a lot of extra stuff. A lot of extra stuff. And then they brought Urshela back and he's been struggling and also just doesn't do the extra stuff. And they had Greg Allen in for a little bit, and he was like crazy. And now their their A lineup is just a bunch of boppers, and there's no and they hit into so many double plays because no one's stealing anymore, no one's moving on this pass ball ten feet away from the catcher, no one's going to third or going to second. And analytics just doesn't care about any of that stuff. They just care. Well, after thirty days, he hit five home runs and he had four doubles, and he he this was this, and it's like yeah, but did these all happen in two games? And the rest of the 28 were nothing because that's kind of more what we need to focus on. I wanted to change my answer after listening to what you were, what you said about how your, how your season is, nobody's doing the little things. I changed my answer from the, the person that lo- would look the best in pinstripes. You guys need Brandon Nemo. You guys need a guy that gets on base, takes walks, plays solid defense gives you a pro at bat every time. We'll take a base when he needs to. We'll get hit by a pitch on purpose. He does all the little things. His on-base percentage is always north of 400. He's not afraid to just take a walk. He'll get on base for your big boppers. He'll disrupt the baseline. Like he'll, he, he just does all the little things that a team like, like that needs. And so 
I think, think Nimmo Yankees fans, good. do you think they would be mean to him about the smiling while he runs to first base? Like no, the they would love it because base? it's genuine. He's okay. a genuine human. Because I love he it, is... but Mets fans, some Mets fans just have a problem with it, and I don't really understand. Well, it. yeah, I think they don't anymore. I think yeah. he's just he's just a good Christian kid that that praises God good every Montana time he gets bowling. on base. Yeah, Wyoming, Wyoming, Wyoming. I, I thought it was Montana. Wyoming. No, oh, the, he's, uh, mm, the best thing about him sprinting the first on walks and hit by pitches is that. Um, it's mind games. I don't think he knows that it is, but it's, <laughs> I think, I don't think he's intending it to be mind games. I think Jerry, you're right. He's a, it's just genuine. Awesome. But, um, I hate it. And it, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And a lot of people do. I played with Adam Rosales. Do you remember he, he sprinted everywhere too? And it's a thing. It's just like, Hey, my dad, when I was in little league said that I need to run hard every time he runs on and off the field. And we played in Oakland together. And if he's playing like randomly right field, and he has to run all the way to the dugout. Like, if you guys been to the Coliseum, that's like yeah. really far. And well, the kid sprints in, and he's up first, and he's it's like know, some coming on deck. Stuff. I'm like, dude, hey, sprint in from the bullpen. Slow down. I'm not sprinting for the bullpen. I don't. I haven't. I haven't sprinted as fast as I can. Like, mm. I haven't ran as fast as I can in like 12 years. <laughs> When's the last time yeah, that you, you ran as fast fast-ish. as you can? Like a twenty-yard dead sprint. Sausage costume. Sausage costume. Oh yeah, they had a yeah. It didn't one. work out. R.I.P. By the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you went down hard. You took it like a man. By the way, I listened to the the talking baseball post, and you, you did some damage to yourself, and you showed up the next day. That's a pro, man. Yeah, it's all a show. Now me and Cole both yeah. got tight hamstrings. So it's all good. I pitched yeah. on mine the other day. Struck out. Oh, top. by the way. Uh, Brandon Nimmo is in the Trevor Plouffe Gibby Club. He led all of MLB and hit by pitches in 2018. It's huge. Old so I like huge. That. I like that. Shout out Plouffe. All right. We got to get going. We got talking baseball today, but this was awesome. Yankees yes, fan, sir. go follow Shea Station on all socials, uh, at least for the next three days. Then you'll see, you know, how much you want to know about the best. Even bond. if you want to troll them or something, yeah. just follow them. Yeah. Bring the heat. We're okay with it. Bring the heat. And then when do you guys record for a talking Yanks listeners like after the series or when's the next day when the Yankees fans can come see what you're saying about our team and what happened? Yeah, you'll hear from us again on Monday uh, after the Yankees series. We're going to recap what happened with the Yankees and we're going to preview what's going on with the Cardinals. And uh, we uh, record an episode the day after every Mets series ends for the rest of the season. We'll be and for Mets fans, we'll be at game three in City Field. As soon as it ends, we'll be going back to the office and we'll be on the mic. Yeah. Probably 1 a.m. <laughs> after the walk-off wild pitch. Uh, and we'll be live on YouTube at like, you know, 12.30 to 1.30. It's going to be a late night. Run it. If you're right about that, that's the call of the century. I'm looking forward Dude, to it. And plus, the, you might see City Field burn to the ground if if it's a walk-off wild pitch from Edwin Diaz. Like, it, it would be a, a riot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. All right. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate you, you. Guys. Oh, you guys play your outro song, even on the Talking Yanks podcast. Wow. wow. We're honored. It's a good one. Mad. All right, gentlemen. Take care, guys. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>